Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. And welcome to the Rangers Today Baseball Podcast. This is episode number 80, and today it is Josh Sneed. He is a stand-up comedian, huge baseball fan, Cincinnati Red fan. Right. He's going to be joining us from Cincinnati here in a little bit, but right now we do what we do first, and that's go to the big leagues. Big thanks to Premier Properties for the Premier Properties studio that we're in, and uh, Frisco Rough Riders, who are the sponsors of our guest, and we'll have a little ad before he comes on. Big League Club. Yeah. Okay. I think we all thought they were going to be better. Yeah. I think we all did. Yeah. Yeah. They are 12 and 6. Right. Last 10. No, this is Friday, by the way. This may not come out till Saturday or Monday. I don't know. They're 12 and 6. They're 8 and 2 in their last 10. They've won four in a row. Mm-hmm. They've just come off a five and one road trip. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're definitely better. They are in a, a very soft spot of their schedule. Sure, yeah, you know, and it's going to stay soft. Yeah, they've they're what six of their last nine games have been against the Royals, right? And the Royals are no good. Uh, that's just that's just the truth. All right, but a good team also wins those games. Wins those games and wins them like the Rangers won them. They dominated the Royals in every every facet. You know, right? Starting pitching was better. Bullpen was better. Offense obviously was better. Um, it's it's an encouraging sign. Of course, <clears throat> the sweep there at, at Kauffman Stadium earlier this week came on the heels of a winning two out of three at Minute Maid Park. The Rangers hadn't won a damn series in, in Houston. Since 2018. 2018, July of 2018. And they dominated. Yeah, it was it was good. They 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 know how to one, one thing you can say is they know how to win tight games. You know that the the Sunday night game was was zero zero in the seventh, and right? They, and they ended up winning it going away, right? One of those Royals games, the the start that Evaldi made was close after five, and right. then they pulled away. Team wasn't capable of doing that last year. No, they were not. <laughs> now, and and you know a lot of it was that the pitching didn't keep them in it, right? But some of it was that they they didn't know how to. Pr- Produce a run. They didn't know how to, (laughs) what do they call it, pass the baton. They didn't know how to do that and go forward doing that. And, and you know, um, yeah, well, what you were saying on on going into that, that this team. But they're they're better. You know, the the rotation is built. You can say it's built for them to win, but it's also built for them to avoid long losing streaks. It's going to be really hard for for two teams to beat the Rangers five times in a row with, with this rotation. Right. Somebody is going to put out the fire, right? You know, and then the last couple of years, you had to wait for Kyle Gibson. You know, a, a couple of years ago, last year, you had to wait for Martin Perez. Right. You had to wait for those guys and think, okay, maybe we got a chance. Maybe to stop know, the if you're the Rangers, this- if you're the Rangers, thinking maybe we've got a chance to to win this game because this is our guy. And and you can say, oh, Jacob Negron, we should win this game. Martin Perez, we should win this game. John Gray, win. Haney, Haney should keep us in this game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, no matter who he's facing, he should be able to keep it close. Yeah. If you can get that ace starter pitch count up and get him out of the game, if Haney can hang us around within yeah. a couple of runs, we should be. I mean, that guy is so different than what it was like. Well, and and you know, even even if something were to happen, you got to feel good about. Hey, I think Dane Dunning's going to keep us in this game. Man, he's been outstanding. And, and um, you know, there are a couple things that happened here the last 
the last road trip, John Gray got hit in the forearm by a 109-mile-an-hour line drive. That's an ouch. Holy cow. Um, the good news is he's supposed to make his start. Uh, we're recording here on Friday the right. 21st, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to start tonight. Jacob DeGrom left his start Monday in Kansas City early with wrist soreness, which you never hear about. Right. And uh, he he thinks he's going to make his start. I think he you know he throws his bullpens on Friday, two right. days before his start. So today would be his bullpen day. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah, he's played it, catch this week though, yeah, and said and everything. He, he, he's fine, and you know I, I wonder with what he's been through and the media market where he was, and you know this is a national star, right? You know he's the best pitcher in the world when he's healthy, right? Uh, if if he's a little hypersensitive to that. But he also understands that you know maybe he's had something in the past that he thought was a little turned into something major. So, well, his, I, I, his thing seemed to be though he felt discomfort and he didn't want to change his delivery his delivery yeah. to compensate for a little. And he said, and and I think in his mind he thought we're early in the season, you know why don't yeah. we just they they were ahead in the game, yeah, you know maybe let's be precautionary. And then he said he felt good the next couple yeah. of days. And, and like yeah, that might be it, um, but. Play it safe. I mean, just play it safe. <laughs> there, I had no yeah, issue I, with I, it. It's, it's, it's not a big deal. There are people who are saying, oh, you need, he's, the kind of money he's making, he needs to pitch through that kind of stuff. No, he doesn't. No. 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 Would you rather have Jacob deGrom if this team stays <sighs> the way they are at the end of the year when you need him to make that playoff push, or if you get in the playoffs to make a run, do you want Jacob deGrom there or not? Yeah. Why lose him for the year over something stupid because he changes the delivery because his wrist was wrong and – <clears throat> you know, tears a knee on a... And why lose him for, for, for two weeks? I mean, you know, the, you look at the Rangers, they have the A's and the Reds. Should, should you know, not great teams. You never know with baseball, not great teams. A's seem to have the Rangers number no matter what. They're but doing. then it's the Yankees, Diamondbacks are in first place, and then it's a West Coast road trip to right. the Mariners, the Angels, and uh, the yeah, A's. Exactly. You know, it's it's a it's their first ten game or long three city road trip. Um, it's it's a f- official start of the grind, you know, and and um, you don't want to lose a guy like that no. during that, you know, and because no. it's a domino effect, you know. All right, so example given, Jacob Degrom has to go on the IL for two weeks, and then he'll miss another five days. All right, so he's out twenty days. All right, so that means Dane Dunning's going to pitch three times. All right, great. Who's going to take Dane Dunning's spot in the bullpen? You have right. a bunch of guys down there, but you're still going to be sensitive to the inning shortfall. Right. So who do you do? You know, what do you want to do? Do you want to bring up a guy who uh, may not be ready, a guy who's not on the 40-man roster? Do you want to bring up Cody Bradford, who we're going to talk extensively about probably later in the show? Um, but, I mean, it's, it's just, and, you know, do the roles change? Yeah, And so just... If you can keep the status quo, even if it means your guy only goes four innings, keep the status quo. Exactly. Uh, if it if it's and if it ain't what ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Exactly. Let these guys go. Let let them let Mike Maddox, seasoned veteran pitching coach, Bruce Bochy, Hall of Fame manager, Chris Young, general manager who's a former major league pitcher. Right. And understands the grind. Exactly. Let let them make the decisions. Yep. Yeah. And look, I, look. All of us got nervous when he goes out, and there's sure. a wrist soreness. But then immediately after the game, 
I think anybody that covers them knows that Bochi isn't going to BS you, and neither is DeGrom, I don't believe so. When they both said, you know, look, it just, you know, it's precautionary more than anything. I yeah. think it's fine. I've never felt it before. And then the next day when they said he feels better, he feels fine and all of that, you know, New York media is going to go nuts on it because they're just waiting for him to go on the IL for three weeks or do whatever the hell. That's what they're ready for. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I have no issue with it. And you're right. Those guys know. And they're going to look. This is their. This is what they spent their big money on, his a, AAV for the year and all of that. This guy is their ace. He's their horse. And there is no reason <laughs> this early in the season to mess around with the horse. You don't need to push uh, it. It goes for anybody. Yeah. It goes for anybody. Exactly. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, Corey Seager had to go on the injured list. You right. Know, you know, that, that well, was that's a hamstring. Right. But but that wasn't precautionary. And I, Mitch Garver, you're getting mixed signals on whether it's precautionary or not. But um, it, it just seems like um, be cautious early. Have right. Save your bullets for later. You know, we played 18 games. Yeah. And by the way, if you don't know this, guys, last year the one the one run record was in horrible for the Rangers. They've only had one one run game. Yeah, they're one and zero. Yeah, but they've only had one one run yeah, game, and that's that's going to change. I mean, yeah, but, they're coming up against some good players. Yeah. But I'll tell you right now, one guy that is not doing what he did last year is Marcus Simeon, who has started this year. He picked up where Corey got hurt, and he has carried this team, especially now. Again, you're playing playing the Royals, but against the Astros, he had a yeah. good series. Yeah. And I'll tell you another guy who, you know, we we all expected that he was going to be a good player, but it was okay if he was working through it, and that was going to be Josh Young. Yeah, um, There's going to be a book on Josh Young. These guys sure. are going to scout him, and they're going to be a book on him when he go- eventually. But Josh Young yeah. has looked comfortable at the plate and looked like everything advertised. Yeah, and he's been very good at third. Yes. You know, that's, that's something that Bruce Bochy stressed to him in spring training. Your offense isn't always going to be there, but your defense needs to be there, and that's – that's important when you have pitchers who are always in the strike zone and throwing strikes. Balls are going to be put in play more. I know these guys strike out a lot of guys, but um, that's important. But, yeah, I mean, he hit the three-run homer uh, Monday night at Kansas City. Um, he, he hasn't had his uh, – you know, I, 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 it was important for him to come up last year. He hasn't had his deer-in-the-headlights look or, yeah. or feel. I think coming up last year showed him what he needed to do. Uh, he he wasn't happy. The power was there, but he wasn't happy with it. Um, and so he made adjustments. He he got back to what he wanted to do. He worked on a swing. You know, all these things that they can do in the off season, and it looks like it's paying off. And um, you know, Nate Lowe has has been pretty good. He had that long hitting streak. Um, you know, Travis Jankowski. You know, you're, you're, you're getting you're getting it from unexpected sources. That you know, that's probably not the track record shows that ain't gonna last. Uh, Leody Tavares had two hits, three hits Wednesday. Um, you know, so so even you know Bubba Thompson had that nice game at Wrigley Field. So there are guys who are contributing throughout the lineup. And when you're deep in your lineup, yep, there's no easy outs. You're going to score runs and win games, and 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 that's happening. And go beyond that. So if if you're deep and there's going to not be easy outs, but more importantly, right now with with when you have one of your your best bats out. You've got to make up for it on the defensive side of the ball. And their outfield they've been throwing out there is one of the more talented and athletic outfields ever when they've been going with Tavares, Jankowski, Jankowski or Bubba, or uh, and then they have Garcia and Wright. But, uh, man, that's an athletic and good outfield. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is anybody is anybody worried about Adolis Garcia's defense? 
I was going to say that it, it hasn't not, been it hasn't been great. Hasn't been like it was. Yeah, no, there's it's not. some balls that he should have. That he, you know, I can think of. It's three, getting back to stuff. I, I can think of three or four that kind of reminds you of the. And I hate to say this, I I, mean, I know, but it's kind of the Nelly Cruz going out over for that ball. For the, but you, <laughs> you've seen him do it a couple times. He's go back on the ball. Looks like he's getting to it. Doesn't know whether to jump or what to do. And one of them, yeah. he should have had a couple of them. It looked like right, but. I, I don't know. I mean, they, you know, if he's been moving between center and right field, you kind of maybe give him the benefit of the doubt. But he's also athletic enough and young right. that he's 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 not thirty five year old Nelly Cruz. He's thirty year old, thirty one yeah. year old. Well, he's you know he's been productive productive in the middle of the lineup. Yep. He's not hitting for great average, but he's he's driving in a lot of runs. So, um, you know, and and again, Corey Seager's not part of this right now. Right. And again. The schedule is going to get tougher. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, but but feel great about what's happening. Yeah, exactly. You know? And you feel know, great about it. And and I think everyone thought Josh Smith would come up and just fill in and be the shortstop. But Duran's been getting some abs there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, Duran hits the ball harder than Josh Smith does. He does just right. flat out. Yeah. Josh but, Smith's a great player. The difference between the two, in my opinion, I think Josh Smith is a is a big league player that's going to play in the big league as a super utility guy. Duran might be a guy that ends up at a position in the big leagues. Good, yeah. Standing. He just yeah. hits the ball hard enough that he might end up. Here he's blocked um, unless he turns into a left fielder or whatever. But the Rangers sure have some outfielders we're going to talk about in the minor leagues that might be coming up. I don't know. You guys have no idea who I could possibly be talking about no, when that happens. But there, but are, there are options, you know, that, well, just on the, on the roster itself. There are options that, that well, yes. if somebody is struggling, you can – Plug a guy in. You know, right. It's, it, it looks like they're and, – and, you know, the manager's trying to do a good job of, of getting guys at bats, you know, it, even if it's – they don't start, but they come in in the seventh and get one at bat. You right. Know, that, that, that helps. That helps. And, right. Uh, um, anyway, but I, I do like the way well, Bochy is using the bench. He did have one total mess up, though, when he brought in uh, Bubba Thompson to pinch run the other night, and then he gets promptly oh, well, picked off at yeah, first base. That's, that's, that's going to happen. That's not on the manager. Yeah, that's not on the manager. Yeah, I'm going to blame Bochy because every once in a while I just think you have to hold the manager accountable. Well, okay. You know, so if it's Bochy's fault that he got caught <laughs> off base over there. Yeah. Because every once in a while I just got to bitch about Bochy for something. I don't yeah. know. I just got to figure it out. Yeah. No, but okay. it's, it's kind of weird though that, that we, you know, we're not, you know, the last two years we've been talking about. Well, you know, this guy could come up from the minor leagues and plug in for this guy, and and uh, you know, this guy, uh, you know, well, we just got to this. Got to be patient with them and all this stuff. There's there's none of that right now, and no. it's it's kind of it's kind of refreshing. It's, it's going to make this segment shorter, you know. Yeah. We, you know, it's like you know, or or we're going to get like super nitpicky, you know, like right. like like you know, my Bochi opinion. Yeah, like oh well, Nate Valdi, he hasn't been that good. You know, his start the other night, Tuesday night when, when the Royals came out and and what opened triple, ground out double, and we're hitting the ball hard and. uh he, I mean, he was struggling, but uh, that's he adjusted. That's a veteran pitcher. Yeah, he adjusted. He found a way to make something work. He stuck with a pitch until it started working again. And the next thing you know, he gets him through six, and then they 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 shoot off there and then and, and give him a big lead. And and I mean, it, that's that was just a professional start. That's something that you. That's something that example given last year, Taylor Hearn wasn't capable of doing. Nope. You know, or even even at times. Dunning and Glenn Otto, you know, it just, yep. it's just, it's that's just the difference. Yep. You know, My you stuff isn't working. I'll figure out yeah. what is working until yeah. I, and you can be like, Oh, well this guy's got such a better arm. This, 
not not the Navaldi, but it just has a, you know, he's why isn't this guy in the rotation over this guy? Well, because this guy's done it for seven years and he can see this isn't working and you can see it quick yep. and you can make a quick adjustment it, it and absolutely. nobody has to tell him. Nope. No, absolutely. Yeah. Well, look, so anything else and let's, let's get our guest on here. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and get, get Josh on. I, I, I got a, got a feeling this one's going to be a little lengthier. You know, he's a, he's a funny guy, but, a lot we don't know about him. A lot of you, a lot of you people don't know about him. But and the reason we're doing it, Cincinnati Reds. He's a huge yeah. Cincinnati Red guy. They're going to Cincinnati Monday. In yeah. fact, the day this is dropping might be the first day of the yeah. of, of the Cincinnati Red things. We've met him. He's hysterical. He's a funny guy, but it, but yeah, huge baseball guy. Big nerd. Big baseball nerd. You know, yeah, all yeah. Of that. So um, it's going to be fun. I, I'm looking. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Right after this, the Frisco Rough Riders are going to bring us Josh Sneed. Guys, we'll be back right just a second. The Frisco Rough Riders are finishing up a homestand uh, as we speak, but they are about to go on a two-week road trip through Amarillo, which is always a hitter's paradise, and then over to Midland. So if you guys are are on the road and, and, and want to go check out the, the Rough Riders on the road at one of those two ballparks, they return home May 9th to face Wichita. Uh, on May 10th, it's, it's Education Day. May 11th, the always popular Thirsty Thursday, which 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 I've enjoyed before. Um, <laughs> May twelfth, fireworks. Gotta love the fireworks. Uh, May thirteenth, kids run the bases, and then Sunday, May fourteenth, which I believe is Mother's Day, is uh, Kids Sunday Fun Day. Maybe it should be Mom Sunday Fun Day. But also, also a favorite, a favorite park in the park. Uh, so that that'll be a two week home stand that'll continue uh, the the sixteenth. But um, get out. See Frisco, go to www.milb.com slash Frisco to get your tickets, get your schedule, get your information on the Frisco Rough Riders. All right, guys, and joining us right now on the Frisco Rough Rider Hotline, Frisco Rough Riders AA affiliate to the Texas Rangers, it's stand-up comedian and Cincinnati Red guru, Josh Schneed. Josh, what's going on, buddy? Good morning, fellas. How are you? We're, we're doing well. Uh, nice day here. Um, Rangers are in first place right now. I saw so that. How are the Reds? They're pretty fired up. Let's talk it's- about the Rangers. <laughs> uh, no, just the Reds are fine. They're better than people thought they would be. They're they're in last place where people thought they would be. But uh, I don't know. It's it's like asking like, how was your food at the four a.m. at the Waffle House? Like, <laughs> what do you want me to say about it? <laughs> going to go on Yelp and give it a five star. It's not going to happen. No, you know the Rangers haven't played the Rays yet, and and the Reds actually handed the Rays one of their what three losses on the season. So they did, and then they lost the next two games by uh, sixteen to nothing combined uh, score. <laughs> eight right. to nothing, and then eight to nothing. <laughs> well, in the uh, in Pittsburgh now, I think. I mean, it's Friday. Played Pittsburgh last night, so this is a this is a battle for. Fourth place. Well, Pittsburgh's in, up in front. Pittsburgh's, yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh's in second there. place. They're not going to stay there. <laughs> they're not, they're not going to stay there. But, you know, the, the reason we decided to have Josh on this week is because Monday night, which hopefully this will get out before Monday night, the Rangers are coming to Cincinnati. Are you going to any of those? I'm going to try to go uh, Tuesday. Um, okay. The Youth sports dominate all of my calendars in the evening between my son and my oh. daughter. So we we get to games whenever we can. We were there last week for uh, the drubbing of um, the Phillies, uh, where 
uh, Josh Harrison actually had to come in and pitch for the Phillies in the late uh, part of the game, and I think <laughs> he, we won like fifteen to one. Yeah, no, he he pitched against the Rangers in that series. The, when, when he hit in mid nineties or something? I no, he was just lobbing it in. Oh, so, oh yeah, it was it was like more like low forties. <laughs> the Royals had a guy who came in and was throwing in the. Yeah, he was that outfielder that came in yeah, throwing yeah, yeah, mid nineties. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I'm with you on the youth sports. That's that's all we do. It's all we do. We got daughter who was in kind of a select soccer team. Um, she also plays softball right now, so that's fun. And then the son is playing basketball and is on a select baseball team. So yeah. every night of the week, Tuesday is the only night. Yeah, the that God, seems to be God's our gave only us night Tuesday. Too. The God's yeah. gave us Tuesday. How old is your ki- how, how old are your kids, Josh? My daughter's six, and she's uh, she's just coming out of uh, playing basketball. And I put all the stuff she does in quotes, not because she's a girl, but it's six years old. Right? They're they're it's it's watching them run up and down uh, a field or a court at this point. Um, right. She's starting uh, soccer, uh, which she I, I will say for a six year old, she is, and I don't know where it comes from. She put on a goalie jersey last year and just. Every team we played was just like, who is that goalie? Because <laughs> she just has this tenacity. I, I have never seen it. I don't know if it's from having an older brother and it's all been pent up and it's finally coming loose, but she will go out and dive on balls and dive for balls. And we, no one taught her any of this. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's been wild, but uh, my son's on a select baseball team and, um, you know, it's weird. Like, I hate to say this, but it kind of ties into just talking to you guys about the Reds and stuff is that last year was his first year playing that kind of baseball. And it really rejuvenated my love for the game of baseball, you know, mm-hmm. because it's been such lean years for the Reds um, that watching kids play just, you know, at not a high level, but a higher level than what he, the leagues he had been in, but watching the, the strategy come back into play, the fundamentals and the, the joy of winning and, you know, playing for the fun of it. Like a lot of the other dads said the same thing, like, man, this did, this did a lot for me in terms of just like enjoying watching baseball. Like that's how bad it's been here locally, you know, for a while. <laughs> well, that's cool. But, but yeah, we, we, we love the tournaments. Uh, we wish we've been we've been getting eight a.m. games though. That's that's the worst. Oh uh, boy, no, yeah, oh, no. no, not at all. But yeah, no, we we love it. We love the 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 kids get all you know. They make a great play. They get excited. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, you but know, and, yeah, but I'm the I was the head coach back then. My oh, kids boy. are grown. I mean, my oldest is is twenty six. My youngest is a sophomore. He doesn't play sports anymore. But I was the head coach, head of the league, all of that stuff. And I'm going to tell you, that's an ass whipping. Yeah. And that, that is where it's – I look, in, in where the town we live is Richardson, Texas. Richardson, Texas has four high schools. It's just north of Dallas. has four high schools, tons of elementary schools. They said, John, you're going to run the league. You need to put all the teams together. So try to keep kids from each elementary school together because uh-huh. they can – I said, great, that sounds great. So I start putting it together on one <laughs> side of town. Every elementary school had 12 to 17 kids playing. And then on my side of town – uh, down here with the unverified Twitter people over on this side. That's all of we, us today. Yeah, they, we, we, I had three kids from my son's elementary. I was like basically on corners saying, D- you know, I'll pay for your entry free. Will you play baseball or yeah. T-ball? And so these kids whipped our, you know, what's 
(laughs) If I was, I coached my boys up until probably about three or four years ago. My record in every sport I ever coached was horrendous. Something to be very proud of. Oh, yeah. I coached a football team for five years, and we won one game. Good (laughs) work, John. Well, John, you heard me tell the story about when (laughs) I got roped into coaching during COVID. Because that's the thing is, like, when with my schedule, I never really had the uh, the time to commit to making sure I was going to be there for all the practices and the games. And while I enjoyed it, I just couldn't do it. And so I signed up to coach him during COVID when all the comedy clubs were shut down. And I don't know if there was a draft and I was not invited to it or <laughs> if they gave me every kid that just checked no on the box where it says, do you know what a baseball is? Like, I don't know, but we were terrible. And, um, and I remember, you know, that's kind of how my son ended up in select baseball is because the, the difference between skill level of like the better teams and the, and the lower tier teams in the, in the not whole ball, um, was ridiculous. I remember the first game, the, uh, the other team showed up and they were wearing amazing uniforms, not the ones provided free by the league like ours were. (laughs) And, uh. You know, they're hanging a sign on the on the fence with all the sponsors of their team. They have warm up music. They have walk up music. And I sat my kids down and I said, listen, I just want you all to know that today you're going to get murdered. And, uh, and, and I just felt like we should take a minute as a team to prepare our brains for the beating that is about to be handed to us. Cause I promise good or bad, you're going to remember today for the rest of your life. And it was a bloodbath. I mean, I'm like, why are we playing this team? You know, he's like yelling at kids because they're not turning double plays correctly. I'm like, if I could get that one to quit playing in the dirt for five minutes, I'd call it a W and I would have. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's pretty good. That's that's right. I mean, because there are the kids that they, yeah. they just don't want to be there. No, there was the same bit every time. He would just put his hat on the ground, fill it with dirt, and then put it on his head, and then all the dirt would fall <laughs> down. And it's like, that was funny in the first practice, dude, but you got to write some new stuff. <laughs> so, Josh, let me tell the story about Josh. For those that don't know Josh as a stand-up comedian, I mean, he is one of the funniest. I, I've been a big fan of Josh's for three or four years. And the, the gods aligned it to when we were in, in Arizona. I remember I told you that yeah, night. I yeah. was like, hey, man, this guy I really like. He, where is Glendale? I didn't know where Glendale was. I was in surprise. And I said, where is Glendale, Arizona? He goes, man, it's like 15 minutes down the road. And I said, well, I'm going to watch this guy. I've been following him for a few years. He's hysterical. And I, I'm a big stand-up comedian guy. So we hooked up there. It was really funny. We, we, I, heard it, I overheard him say to a guy, there's – like a comedy club, they, you go to a comedy club, they used to do two shows on the weekend, Friday and Saturday nights. Yeah. I was going to the later show because you and I were working up until then doing stuff, yeah, right. getting stuff ready. I get there and I hear him overhear him say, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to Surprise to see the Reds play the Rangers. And I went, there's my end. Kind of slid over and I went, <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm in the media with the Rangers. So we ended up talking a little bit. He did his show. It was hysterical. I showed you his show while I was yeah, gone. Right. He had his son with him, Josh. Yeah, I would have gone. So yeah, my son I know. Was 10. His, I know. Yeah, he yeah. had his son. He couldn't go. And so uh, then the next day, we found each other at the game. We just sat there around that table laughing and talking. And you're like, man, I'll come on. And I'm like, that's great. He's, a, he's one of my favorite comedians, and he's hysterical, and he loves baseball. I do well, love that's baseball. A, that's, that's a winner. That's a winner of it all right there. Dude, how did you get into this? What, what started? I've got a buddy that was in comedian years ago, but what, what, what prompts you to go, you know, I just need to do this? 
Um, for me, I, I wanted to be on Saturday night live, you know, like I watched a little bit of stand up growing up, but it was mainly just like some of the bigger names that were on TV. I wasn't like a junkie for stand up, but Saturday night live, uh, really shaped my humor as a youth. And I always wanted to be on that show. And then I got to the point where I was, you know, I was, um, done with college. Uh, I didn't say graduated. I was done with college and, um, I was in the IT world working at Procter and Gamble here in Cincinnati. And, uh, I was like, you know, this is something I've always wanted to do. And I have no idea where I would begin, especially living in Cincinnati. So I thought, let me see if I can just make people who aren't my friends and family laugh. You know, maybe I'll just try an, an open mic night or something. And I was having this conversation with a guy who was a friend of mine that I, he he ran a a sports bar near my house. I would go there every night and watch baseball after I got, you know, done with work. And, uh, and I'm just having this conversation with this guy and out of nowhere, he basically says, look, I have a, I have a doctorate in theater. He's like, I moved to Cincinnati during the boom of stand-up comedy in the eighties. And I taught a class at the university on stand-up comedy and, when the when the industry died down, I had to find other work to support my family. So that's how I ended up managing a restaurant. He goes, but he goes, that was my life. And he goes, if you're serious about wanting to try stand up, I would really enjoy helping you figure out how to get on stage and, you know, write material. And I was like, I mean, it was just very serendipitous, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. And so he helped me. He he I brought in material. He gave me some books he thought I should read. He gave me a microphone to take home and plug into a tiny amp so I could hear what my voice sounded like in a microphone. Like <laughs> I was 20 years old. Okay. And and at that time, that was very young to try an open mic night. Now there's like kids in high school doing it. Yeah. But um, but at that time, you know, this is 1998. There were I was the youngest person at open mic nights by probably 10 years. And I had this guy helping me. And so I kind of stood out, you know, as for as young as I was. And I came, I guess, across a little bit polished because I had somebody helping me. I wasn't just trying to figure it out on my own. And I, it just kind of took off for me right away. And instantly what was going to be a stepping stone to hopefully getting into improv and sketch comedy, I fell in love with stand up. I mean, I was a sponge. I was there every second I could. Uh, when I wasn't working, just watching pros and like trying to learn the craft and, um, you know, obviously single, no kids at the time. And, uh, I just, I fell in love with stand up and it just sort of took off from there. And then, you know, fast forward after that, three and a half years later, I quit my day job to do stand up full time. And then in July, that'll have been 22 years. Wow. We- that's pretty awesome. That's great. And you're touring all over. Um, you know where our goal is, we're going to get Josh to Texas. You used right. to come to Texas, right? Yeah, I haven't been in a couple of years, but I I was a fairly regular in uh in Dallas and Fort Worth both. So, uh I don't think it's a stretch to say I'll I'll be back there fairly soon. I'm I I kind of so I take summers off. I've been very bl- uh blessed with uh, a couple side hustles that I started. Uh, that have taken off. I have an apparel company that I started with a buddy of mine in 2005 that has blossomed into this really cool, you know, group of of website brands that we run. One of them, the biggest one, is is a local brand called Cincy Shirts that we actually have two brick and mortar stores here in Cincinnati. Oh, wow. I was just and then, website. Yeah. and yeah. then we have um, 
you know, we have an MLB Players Association license that we got a couple years ago. So we we have another brand called In the Clutch. So that's my shameless plug to Rangers fans. Check out In the Clutch. Check it out. Yeah, I do it. Go check, check it out. out. And you'll see you'll see Rangers T-shirts on there that that we created. And uh, we have another one called Old School Shirts. That's all vintage stuff. Anyway, it's all grown to a point where it's let me be very selective with how much stand up I do. I don't have to be on the road all of the time. And that in, in return has kept stand up fun for me mm-hmm. because it's not something that I'm doing because I have to do. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of more selective of the the gigs that I take. And I do take summers off when the kids are out of school so I can be home and do dad stuff and, and watch sports. Um, but starting in the fall, I'll, I'll kick back up again. You know, March, when you guys saw me, I was very busy. I was in Sarasota one week, Phoenix the next, and I did a week in Vegas. Uh-oh. And then we just got back from 10 days in London for spring break. So uh, I'm right. home now for a while, which is. Yeah, nice. I was following on Twitter. I saw the pic. Were you doing shows in London or are you just there having fun? I was just there having fun. We're big uh, Star Wars fans, if you can't tell by everything behind me. Um, <laughs> my dad was a model maker for Kenner Toys. So Star Wars oh, was cool. kind of part of my DNA because he made Star Wars toys. That's and awesome. um and so it's been passed on to to my children and and my wife and her family are big fans. So they announced this. They have like a yearly event called Star Wars Celebration, and uh, we're big nerds. We go to that, and they announced that this year was going to be in London, and it was the same week as Spring Break. So we decided let's make a whole family trip out of it. We did like four or five days of seeing all the sites in London, and then ended the week with a, a few days at this uh, big Star Wars event. It was incredible, a trip That's of awesome. a lifetime. Yeah, I um, I didn't know until I was looking at your Cincy shirt site that Aaron Pryor, the great boxer, was from Cincinnati. Yeah. And uh, he and Alexis Arguello, the, the, no, this is kind of dating myself here, my eighth birthday party in 82 was the night of their first fight, and it was on HBO. And I had pink eye. <laughs> But we still had a party. We still had a party. Yeah. Uh, but my best friend, to this day, his his mom was a little leery of the pink eye. So my best friend went and sat with my dad in the completely other room and watched that fight. And he said it's it's one of his favorite nights. He still remembers it. But anyway, he he's like, yeah, I remember that fight. He remembers what happened. Uh, so anyway, that's that's. That's pretty. That's pretty funny. And I, I, I'm thinking about getting him that shirt. Now he's huge. He's six <laughs> ten and weighs about three hundred. So if, if you have a, we 4X, got big boy sizes. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna check it out. You know, yeah. you know one of one of the things, Josh, that we got. You know, you you are a huge baseball fan. You coach little league. You're a bit. You actually didn't you say you have some stuff with the Reds? You do. So yeah, I mean, this is. Um, I'm such a fan. You know, like like my whole life. Like my dad, God rest his soul. Bengals and Reds and then Star Wars. Those were like our three like biggest bonds. And um, you know, we we weren't poor, but we didn't have a ton of money. We would get to maybe two or three Reds games a year. Um, you know, I would get tickets for getting decent grades one time, and then he would organize some kind of like trip for our whole church to go to a, a game together. Uh, and then we might just randomly find ourselves at a game, but um, those memories have really like helped 
through these lean years of the Reds because I have a son now and I got, you know, I, for so long, I was so invested. Like how good is the team? Like I would, I would live and die by each win. Like I'm the guy who's watching, you know, uh, they're losing seven to nothing playing the Dodgers on the West coast. At, you know, it's two in the morning here local right. and I'm still watching the game. Like that's just the kind of fan. Yeah. Yeah. No one we're going to get out of this somehow. And, um, <laughs> And then I, you know, as I've been started to take my son and, and my daughter to games, I've noticed that they don't care who wins. You know, they they enjoy the experience of being there. And yeah. And as I think back to like my childhood, when I, you know, I can look at the record and know how bad the Reds were, I couldn't tell you any game I went to if the Reds won or lost that game. I just remember enjoying being there, and I've tried to like really sure. embrace that now with my kids, and it's it's helped with these years that we've been experiencing as Reds fans to be like, you know what? My life is not affected by this at all. And so, um, you know, because of that, I've always had, a, I've always been a baseball card collector. You know, I've always paid attention to what other teams are doing. Um, if you can see this little thing up here, this is a, a box that I started a few years ago uh, and it's actually outgrown that, but I try to see a baseball game if there's one being played, whatever city I'm in, no matter who's playing, mm. um, just because I enjoy. There's nothing for me like being at the ballpark in the summer. And, and I know you guys have to do it for work and it probably, you know, loses some of its luster. But man, just if you give me an afternoon free, I don't care who's playing. I want to be outside watching baseball. That's that's awesome. I, yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm different than Jeff. Jeff is a, a full time. He's actually a full time journalist and covered this team since 2008. Eight, 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 2008 yeah. as a play by play. I'm a Texas Ranger fan. I grew up like you did, and we teamed up. So our perspective is neat. I come from a diehard homer. I am no doubt that I want the Rangers to win every game. Yeah. He is more objective, and so I root for the team that scores first. Yes, <laughs> and so when we well, I, no, take that back. I root for the home team because yeah. I don't want to play the bottom of the ninth. All right, that's hilarious. Now it helps I business. It. it helps business that the Rangers win. Yep, it 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 really does. It helps subscribers. It helps our YouTube yeah. channel. You know, and and back in the day when I worked for a newspaper, it helped with web web clicks which is how you're judged these days so and 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 players are a lot better to deal with sure when they're on a four game winning streak instead of a <laughs> fucking seven game losing streak pardon my language and uh so so that's that's kind of i do want yeah. them to do well you know and then you get to know the guys yeah and you, you're yeah. like hey he's in a slump he needs to get out i want to see him have a good game yeah but yeah i mean it's but you know i've been to all 30 ballparks i've been to six or seven or eight that no longer exists all because of my job. It's, it's, a, it's a blessing. I mean, yeah. I'm a, I mean, even going to Detroit and Cleveland, I I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's really, it's really cool. And Baltimore, beautiful ballpark, not a big fan not of a great city off of Bradstreet, <laughs> but, uh, you gotta watch out. But, um, so that, that's kind of where I take the, the joy in it when it, you're like in the middle yeah. of a, a ten day ten game road trip, and you wish you were at home. You're like, oh well, yeah, no, you know, this is a this is a pretty sweet gig. Yeah, and, it, and for me, I got lucky enough to get credentialed a few years back. Then Jeff and I partnered up, stayed there. So you know, but when 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 the Rangers lose three, I don't have to ask the tough question about why you suck. They do that. <laughs> yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so 
the t-shirt company. So when we started it, we were paying someone to print shirts for us. And then at some point we were like, we, if we're going to make any money, we got to buy some equipment and print them for ourselves. Yeah. And so I had met this guy who had this warehouse that was sitting empty somewhere. And he gave us, um, a really sweet deal on the space when we decided to purchase equipment and, and make the shirts for ourselves. And I kind of through that, I developed a relationship with this gentleman and he, um, he's a very well-respected um, financial advisor for Baird, but he, uh, you know, he does a ton of stuff in the community, sits on a lot of charity boards. And, and one of the things is he's president of the Reds community fund. And so, um, Bronson Arroyo, former Reds yeah. uh, pitcher, uh, is also a musician, and um, he was going to do a concert to benefit the Reds Community Fund, and uh, they wanted me to do stand-up to open for him. And that was sort of my introduction to the Reds as an organization, as as someone who wasn't just a fan. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, it, came, it came time to... It, we were getting closer to doing the show and uh, I don't know if you guys ever met Marty Brenneman or have any action interaction yeah. with Marty Brenneman, but he's, he's a very, very good friend of mine. And I know he's a very polarizing person in and outside of the city um, <laughs> for people who have an opinion on him, but yes, um, he was always known for saying what he thought uh, during broadcasts and Bronson was going through a bit of a, a slump and uh marty said maybe if he wasn't out playing music he'd be pitching better and so (laughs) so when when that sort of you know marty kind of he was always the voice of the fan and uh if he had an opinion like that it wasn't very long before that became public opinion Mm -hmm. and so the reds thought it might be a bad look if they put on this concert and uh you know and he's not pitching great and after what Marty said, so they canceled the concert and then, um, kind of felt bad for me that I was like looking forward to doing this event as like a comedian at an official reds event. So they asked me if I would, uh, perform at reds fest, which is the big, I'm sure the Rangers have something similar, you know, so Uh here it's in December and everybody's all, you know, jacked up waiting for opening day to get there. And so, um, they had me do a couple different things at Reds Fest, one of which they had just hired Dusty Baker to be the manager. And so I recorded a song that was a parody of Dust in the Wind called Dusty Please Win. <laughs> and um, and Nick Lachey from the 98 Degrees singer is a buddy of mine. And he I've, I had bounced some of the lyrics off of him. And he said, why don't I record it with you? So he recorded this song with me. And then they asked me to <laughs> sing it at Reds Fest. And then after that, it sort of started to snowball that the Reds would ask me to do more and more things. And um, they have a, a charity golf outing every year. That's this like big two day event at a casino um, where people go and spend the night and they have this huge gala and dinner. And, and so they started having me do comedy at these shows. And then again, more and more, the Reds would kind of bring me in and, at each event, I'd meet a broadcaster or some of the players or former players, like childhood heroes of mine that are now like, you know, friends of mine, like George yeah. Foster and Ron Oster and, you know, oh, guys wow. like this that are just like, 
you know, I have, I've been my, so I, so I know I get all over the place when I start these tangents, but a friend of mine actually made Saturday night live. He got on the cast for a few years, finesse Mitchell. And so I got to go several times to SNL while he was there. And I still, to this day, tell people like I have an easier time talking to an A-list celebrity than I do like an obscure Reds player from the eighties that I collected their baseball card. Like like, still to this day, I can't be normal around some of these guys. Like, I don't know what it is. No, no, no. I was just going to say, and that, that eventually led to me doing a a gig for the Reds and Bally sports during the pandemic where they were doing this sort of like online show that took place during Reds games. It was like a trivia app that Bally's came out with and people would watch our show answer questions while we, while the game was going on and we would talk about the game uh, and things that were happening in it. So again, I've just been very blessed with the way my career's evolved that as much as I am still a fan and always have been a fan that I've developed these relationships with current broadcasters and, and, and players and, and things of that nature. Yeah. So you're not big red machine reds i mean you you were you weren't too young i was born right after that i was born in 77 what's your first what's your first baseball sabo chris sabo had to be oh no come on that's like 1990 like that's that's way later (laughs) i mean mean, no your your first your first favorite player right my first favorite player i'll tell you two so i'll tell you my reds and non-reds my first favorite reds player this is going to be dumb but it was john franco and it was That's because right. um, I was big into baseball cards, and I throw left-handed and I bat right-handed, and it okay. was such a it was such a weird combination that whenever I would get baseball cards, I'd always flip over and look on the back and see who threw left and batted right, and it was Ricky Henderson, John Franco, and Tommy John. And two of those people <laughs> never batted because they were pitchers. Pitchers, yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, and so. Those were like John Franco because he was a red and because he threw left-handed and bat right-handed was my favorite Reds player until I started to really understand baseball. And then it was, you know, you could see the progression from like Pete Rose to, you know, like the Eric Davis, Barry Larkin years on into like Sean Casey and then non-reds. Will Clark was my favorite player as a kid. I just was obsessed with his swing. Um. And then I saw Ken Griffey Jr. play in high school here in Cincinnati. They they played oh, yeah. at my my field uh, where my high school team played, and I and I was I was in junior high. He was in high school, and I watched him play, and I was like, "This dude is next level." And so oh, yeah. as soon as he became a Mariner, he became my favorite player, and then stayed my favorite player until Joey Votto came into the league, and he to <laughs> this day is my favorite player. The the I grew up in Denver, and the 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 Denver Bears slash Zephyrs were at one point the Reds Triple A team for a f- few years. But I remember Eric Davis came through town. I liked Eric Davis. I loved his stance. Yeah, that weird stand up straight guy. Yeah, but he he came to a card show. I was looking for this uh, the last couple of days. I think it's at my mom's house. Uh, and I got like a big poster of his signed. I got a couple of things. He he was probably one of my top five favorite players at, at the time. I, I loved Eric Davis. And, yeah. uh, and, and then that 90 Reds team. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's yeah. the team. That's the team, I guess, of your, of your lifetime. Yeah. 
if, if yeah. you're a Reds fan. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in terms of uh, winning, and yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and and it's fun. Like over the years, like I I do Reds fantasy camp every year now, okay. where you go be a baseball player for a week and the coaches are all former Reds players and, and the Reds have one of the biggest fantasy camps. We have 12 teams with 12 people per team. So there's 144 <laughs> campers, um, 24 coaches. And so like, you know, rest in peace, Tom Browning has become right. a good friend of mine, Demetri Young, Tom Hume, Danny Graves, who's a, a Texas guy now lives down there in San Antonio. Like just like to be friends with these guys, it's still like kind of surreal for me. And, you know, Marty Brenneman's another one that I've become very good friends with. I actually was, uh, got to help on the production side of his documentary a couple years ago. And, um, you know, it's, it's fun to know these guys on a personal level, but there's still that like inside, like when I see him, I'm just like, I don't know. I think it's like a the, kind of the way star Wars is like, it just, if I see a Kenner star Wars figure, like I don't go, Oh, that's fun. I remember that. It's like, there's like a memory that instantly gets triggered to like where I was when I first saw it. And so when I'm, you know, when I see some of these guys, I remember like being at the ballpark and it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe there goes, you know, Dan Billardello, you know what I mean? (laughs) These random, these random reds players. And that's another, that's another fun game. My buddies and I have is uh, we, we try to work in obscure eighties baseball players into conversation. Like you, like you can't just say, how about this name? You have to, you have to pretend like you had some sort of interaction or that they were in the news and you just drop it in there. And it's so fun because the more obscure name, the better, right? I got the one for you. You're going to kill them with this one. Jeff Kunkel. Jeff Kunkel is a great one. Yeah. That's a great one. That's fantastic. My Every buddy time has someone my... talks about like a hot new shortstop coming up through the Rangers or something, I'm like, oh, man, you got to think you had Michael Young, you got Alex Rodriguez, and then there was always Jeff Kunkel. <laughs> you get that, that, big, that big question mark goes over their head. He was yeah. the most, you know, he was like this huge number two overall pick, all of that, and he couldn't. His first game, I remember this, his first game in the big leagues, he hit like two home runs. And then just kind of floated off into oblivion and never hit above a hundred or whatever. Yeah, it was. yeah. Or something yeah, like that's pretty good stuff. You know, My I buddy get into still your has comment. the best one. He 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 said uh, he's like you'll never guess who I ran into at the store the other day, and I said who, and he said Buddy Bianca Lana. <laughs> oh god, that's a great one. I don't think that but one. Buddy's a Buddy's a regular. You can, you'll see Buddy a lot at the winter meetings. <laughs> he wrote a book. He's like a mental skills coach now. I think. <laughs> But you, you'll you'll run into Buddy. He's 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 everywhere at the winter meetings. That's it's awesome. Great, it's a great yeah. game. Hey, so when you know, I want to get a little bit into the comedy before we get you out of here. We've kept you a little bit. T- tell me, like, what are some of the best heckles or what? I mean, is there a place you love to play? I know you do a lot of stuff in Cincinnati. I actually I saw you're going to do a show and donate all the proceeds to a little league, which I think is just fantastic to do that. But you know. When did you know you made it? When, when, where were you at when you were like, all right, you know what? I've done it. This is it. Your first big payday or whatever. What? Tell us a little bit about that. I don't, you know, it's funny. Um, I can think of like benchmark moments that I think they weren't necessarily I've made it, but they were, you know, when you're doing open mic nights and it's just a hobby and it's just something that you're doing for fun and you enjoy that you start to go down that road of like when you buy a lottery ticket and then all of a sudden you're dreaming about all the ways you're going to spend the money, you know, and you just sit around and be like, wouldn't it be cool? 
And I had like things on that list that are still to this day being checked off. You know, Um, I would say the, the three sort of signature ones were when I worked at Procter and Gamble, the headquarters of P and G downtown are right across the street from the Taft theater where a lot of the big comedians that come to town play. And so there would be many times where I'd sit there on my lunch break and I'd look out and I'd see the marquee of the Taft and I'd look at who was coming. And I would think like, how cool would it be to do stand up at the Taft one day? And then um, my first uh, manager that I got when I lived in Los Angeles was the producer of the blue collar comedy tour. Yeah. And so he had me out on the road as an opener for Ron white, Larry, the cable guy and Bill Ingvall. And so um, he told me that uh, when Larry the Cable Guy was playing Cincinnati next, that I would get to open for him, which was at the Taft Theater. So that was for sure one of them was like stepping out on the stage at the Taft and then kind of looking at it from across the street of like, well, there's the place I used to work, you know? Yeah, sure. That's cool. Um, so that was one of them. The second one was Comedy Central. When they were doing half-hour specials, they would um, – they would let the comedian choose their background, like what they wanted the set to look like. And so me and my open mic buddies would always sit around and go, well, if you got a Comedy Central special, what would it look like? And so I always had this vision of um, being in detention. So like the it would be like a classroom with a chalkboard and a bunch of empty desks. I've seen this. And then, and then a teacher sitting at the, de- like a mannequin or whatever, sitting at the desk. And I'm like, I could... You know, I could be at the chalkboard, like when it starts, like writing sentences, you know, like I will tell jokes in class and, and then it starts and I turn around and I come down to the mic. And so when I found out that I got a half hour special, yeah, (laughs) when I found out I got a half hour special, like they had all these meetings set up and one of them was like, okay, today we're going to talk about like, have you given any thought to what your set would look like? And I go, I know exactly what I want it to look like. <laughs> and I told them this whole thing and uh, they sent me drawings of what it, what it would look like. And I'm like, oh, that's it. And then walking cool. into the theater in New York and seeing my set built out, you know, like that's another one that I got goosebumps even just talking about like the feeling <laughs> of like, Oh my gosh, like this is something I literally dreamed about. And then the third one would be two years ago. Uh, my first time head headlining at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, oh, wow. awesome. and being on the strip and looking up and seeing my face on the marquee of one of the biggest hotels in Las Vegas on the on the sign that I was performing at the club that week was, I mean that that just happened last month and it has not gotten old. Like it's just one of those things that you like you dream about and it happened. What uh, do you have a comedic influence? Was there a guy growing up that you were like, or a movie? That that triggered you. <laughs> it's so creepy to say, but Bill Cosby was the biggest influence uh, <laughs> as far as comedians go. Um, you know, my parents were uh, strict Southern Baptists, so uh, that we weren't watching, you know, R-rated anything. So Bill Cosby yeah. was one of the few comedians that uh, that I was I saw as a kid, and uh, his special himself was. I yeah, mean, it I just know, like, know, like it set the tone for what if I ever did this, what I would want to be is like a, a storyteller, you know, yeah. somebody that just felt like they were talking. Yeah. And um, yeah. and so he was an influence before I even dreamed of getting on stage. And then uh, Jake Johansson, um, yeah. Wendy Liebman, uh, Seinfeld, Stephen Wright was another huge one for me before oh, I ever he was great. Up. 
Yeah. And then after I started, uh, Mitch Hedberg was the biggest influence hands down. <laughs> um, he was a good friend of mine. He helped me out a ton. Like, I just can't say enough amazing things about him. Brian Regan's another one. Yeah. Cause I've always been a, a pretty clean comic and, um, he yeah. just kind of, he kind of set the path of like, look, you, you can do this without having to be dirty. Like he just kind of made the blueprint. Um, Dave Attell, Bill Burr, Chappelle, um, there's so many, and then and then right now, no, no, to me, no one is funnier than Nate Bargatze right now. I just, you know, Nate, I do, and uh, and he's always been super nice to me, and and just a, a, as a person, um, we share a lot of interests. He's a huge baseball fan, um, and and as a fan of the craft, I just don't think anybody's doing it better than him right now. I, I love Nate, and I saw Nate when he came to town. And, and look, here's my deal, and, and let me be very clear. You can say the F word, every other word, and still be funny to me if, you're, if your stuff's good. That's, I'm, yeah. not a, I'm not biased that I really like clean comics better than – I just want you to have good stuff you tell me. Dave Chappelle, one of my favorites. But I really do appreciate the guys – that can do it without the F word, every other word, because I think there's a, I think that craft is, to me, it's really more impressive. And, and doing that, your dry bar comedy, tell me a little bit about that. That's the big one right now. I mean, you've gotten millions and millions and millions <laughs> of hit on that thing. That's the one you watched yeah. that I showed you. Yeah. What, what, how, how did that thing come together? Oh my gosh. It's crazy to even think about where that's gone, you know? Um, and I'll say this about clean comedy. Like I, I will curse from time to time, but it's, it's pretty rare. And it's kind of, if I'm just relaxed and it, the environment kind of feels like it's not people who showed up expecting to hear something squeaky clean. Right. But for the most part, I write clean. And, and the reason that is, is that guy that I told you about who helped me start, he, he told me something that I tell other comics that are starting out to this day. And it stuck with me to this day. He said, he says, treat profanity like a spice he said it will make a steak taste really good but you would never have a plate of oregano for dinner uh, that's <laughs> so, good and that's i was good. like that's always stuck with me that little anecdote and i just said um you know when i was first starting out the the clubs that i worked the most were cincinnati and dayton and the woman in dayton who i still refer to as one of my comedy moms she told me when i started she said listen you're you're a host of a show the cleaner that you can be, the more work I can give you because I'll know I can put you up in front of clean headliners and I'll know I can put you up in front of dirty headliners. So you can be dirty, but I won't be able to use you as much. And then that morphed into colleges. You can be dirty. You're going to get a lot less college work because most colleges want someone who can show up and be squeaky clean. And then right. that, that transformed into corporate gigs where I am now. Where it's like, yeah, we we can try to find you work at these corporate events, but ninety nine percent of them are going to require you to to be squeaky clean. So just for the purpose of getting more work, um, I've always tried to to write clean and stay clean. And I also do think there's a bit of a challenge to it of of being funny without being hacky and without being dirty, right? Right. And and so. Um, the other side of it is on Sirius XM, when you get paid for streaming comedy, there's one channel that requires only squeaky clean material. And uh, I was told once that all the other comedy channels have 55,000 tracks that, that, that they can pick from to put on those channels. 
the tr- the tracks that are qualified for the clean comedy is about twelve hundred <laughs> because no <laughs> one's doing decision. it, right? Yeah. And so if you can get clean comedy and a good recording of it, you can get played on that channel all day, and that that's a lot of money every month yeah. for doing nothing. Right. <laughs> and and so when Drybar came along, it was basically I call it. M- mormon netflix that's what it is <laughs> it, it's a it's a it was a it was created a it was created by a company called vid angel yeah uh and that's what they are they're mormon netflix what they would do <laughs> is they they created this sort of netflix-esque streaming service but they would take popular hollywood tv shows and movies and edit them and remove the cursing the violence taking the lord's name in vain nudity whatever you know so we always joke that if you watch Game of Thrones on VidAngel, every episode was like 30 seconds (laughs) (laughs) because they took out all the the good stuff. So that company decided they wanted to build the largest library of clean standup, but it was only for their subscribers, which were mostly Mormons. They're based out of Provo, Utah. And so I had a couple friends of mine that did a dry bar special and I saw it and I was like, where did you record this? It looks incredible. And they're like, oh, it's this little you know, 150 seat venue in Provo that's recording these specials, you know, of clean comedians for their streaming service. And so I said, what's it pay? And they're like, it's not great, but they give you the tape. And at that point I was really trying to amp up my corporate work and I hadn't had a good tape made in a while. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this only to get the tape so that I can cut it up and use it to try to get more work. And so that's what, that was my attitude when I went out there was just, just do it and get a good tape and see what that gets you. Well, in the process of that happening, uh, they shifted their business model to, you know what, we're not going to use this to just get people to subscribe to our service. We're going to chop up clips of it and start putting it on Facebook and YouTube and try to get our the word out about us that way. And so they partnered with Facebook, who at the time was trying to figure out a way to compete with YouTube. They were losing all their content creators to YouTube. And so to do that, they had to start paying content creators for views and then putting ads in there. Yeah. And Drybar was one of the partners that they joined up with. And so um, it just sort of was a perfect marriage of my special coming out. When Facebook was like, we're going to put out anything that you guys create to everybody that we think might want to see it. And so when they started releasing clips of my special, I mean, it was getting more views than I had ever had on anything in my life. You know, my garage sale bits over 10 million, I think right now on Facebook, (laughs) which is insane. I mean, that's like insane. Yeah. Something that I went into not really caring about how it did other than for my personal use, you know what I mean? And then since then it's just snowballed into like this huge, like it's got a huge following. A lot of it had to do with COVID, you know, people were staying home consuming comedy either more often than they ever had, or maybe even for the first time because, you know, they were at home and, and the kids were at home and they needed to play stuff that the whole family could hear. So whatever, you could say about the stars aligning. It was just perfect timing with my special coming out and it's just done more for me than anything I've ever done. And I, I still can't believe I'm saying it. Your, your Provo Utah reference made me think of a couple of things. 
That was the number one. Number one. Thank you. It's my favorite comedy. It's every, every time I say it, I immediately think, "What was? What am I doing in Provo?" No, you know, my my. Uh, this, this is this is another thing with my my best friend. My kid's doctor's office. It's it's the rooms are B and then the number, and so whenever we're in B one, baby B one. B one, <laughs> and like and like I parked at at, uh, at a game in the parking garage. It was a sign. The sign the level was B one, so I, I had to take a picture and send it to all my friends because <laughs> that of Fletch. all of all the Fletch things, the weirdest one that sticks out to us is B one. My but B1. my best friend and I, it's we're obsessed. We we quote it. I was quoting it last night talking to him, but um, I want to say it was the Pirates. Somebody had a picture. Whose last name was Hannerhan? Oh, no, Slapshot. <laughs> we we all, every time his name came up, like if we were at a game, we would just go Petterass, that Petterass Hannerhan. Oh, <laughs> and, and uh, oh yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Go, what kind of name is Sneed? I always go Comanche Indian. It's, yeah. like, it's, oh, it's yeah. just a reflex. I can oh, yeah. I can talk about Fletch on an entire podcast with you guys. <laughs> So no, that is the the Fletch, the, yeah, probably that Petterass Hanrahan, but also Slapshot. One of the famous scenes is Hanrahan, an opposing player, and Paul Newman is riling him because his wife uh, has come out as gay. Yeah, and, <laughs> Hanrahan. I get, but yeah, Hanrahan's a good one. Oh man! And then, and then you know there are a couple shows that my wife watches, and they'll drop in like just randomly like names from fletch like they're they're all, th- these actors will be acting like they're they're a F- fbi agent let's say and they'll say i'm agent poon with the fbi <laughs> or you know or you know agent underhill you know just something like that and i, I catch it and start laughing and she's like why are you laughing <laughs> but so i finally had to show it to her she had never seen fletch she's 40 She'd never seen Fletch, so we watched it uh, last Thanksgiving, and uh, she didn't. She just didn't get it. I mean, she laughed. She laughed some, of course. I'm I'm dying quoting all the lines, but she was not. She wasn't in it. It it wasn't there for. Her. And then the same thing with Animal House, Caddyshack. She just Blazing Saddles. She just doesn't. It just doesn't work for. Her. And it's genius. Yeah. Listen, we've kept you here a long time, but I'm going to get him out. I want him to tell this story, and it's his fault that he brought this up. He brought up Nick Lachey. Oh. And Nick Lachey leads to a hysterical story, and I'm not even going to set it up and say what it is. How does Nick Lachey set this up? You have to tell that story. So, okay. Um, If you're watching this and you're thinking like, hey, what kind of person is this comedian? Is it someone that I should look into? I want you to ignore this story when you make your decision. Um. But I've always talked about on stage that there are certain things that you should do just for the story, right? If you have the opportunity to walk away with having a good story to tell, you do it. So many years ago, I farted on Jessica Simpson. <laughs> there's a there's a story behind this. I don't want people to think I just go around crop dusting celebrities. Like this, something led up to this. So. Um, and I know, look, I get, I get where I'm talking to people right now. I get that she's the hometown girl, right? That's she's, <laughs> yeah. she's down there. He's, he's, yeah. So, um, 
I was living in Los Angeles, as I mentioned, and I was flying home to Cincinnati for Thanksgiving. And it was a red eye flight, left LA about 1 a.m., stopped in Dallas, and then the, that same plane continued on to Cincinnati. And the airport's, you know, dead this time of night. I'm not really paying attention to anybody. So I give my ticket to the woman to walk down onto the plane. And in the jet bridge while we're waiting to board, I notice the girl standing directly in front of me is Jessica Simpson. She's all by herself. And at that time, she was married to Nick Lachey, who, as we've mentioned, is from Cincinnati and always seen around town. It's Thanksgiving. I thought that's probably where she's headed. And so just making conversation. I just said, uh, so you going to Cincinnati? And she just turns around. She gives me this look and she's like, no. Why would I go to Cincinnati? And in my head, I was like, well, aside from the list of reasons I just came up with, (laughs) is that a crazy question to ask anyone that's getting on a plane that's going to end up in Cincinnati. (laughs) And, uh, and normally I would say, you know, something smart ass. And I, and I, I kept my cool. I was really proud of myself. I was like, Oh, I wasn't trying to pry. I'm sorry. I I just thought maybe you're going to visit your husband for the holidays. I said, I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian. I've actually met him a couple of times. He's always been a really nice guy. And she goes, I'm sure you've met my husband and then turned around. And I was like, no, you didn't. (laughs) <laughs> i mean because you know i was upset like i i just feel that i nor anyone should ever be treated that way i don't care who you are or how many times i've downloaded pictures of you and photoshopped myself into them like that's not the point right now like i'm a human being and i would have been able to get over it i really would I, i'm good at letting that kind of stuff go if i was sitting anywhere else on the plane but i'm in the last row i'm in the first row of coach and she's in the last row of first class, just kind of across the aisle. So every time I look up, I see her. And every time I see her, I just get mad all over again, the whole flight. <laughs> and so we land in Texas. I'm wide awake in the middle of the night to the point where I'm like, I'm getting off this plane. I'm going to get some food and then get back on before it takes off again. So I step out into the aisle. She's just waking up, takes off her sleep mask, gets all her stuff together. She ends up directly behind me while we're all in the middle waiting for the front door to open when I felt it. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a, my stomach hurts. It was, this is God letting me get my revenge for the way that I was treated a couple hours ago. You know? And even then I was like, I shouldn't do it. Cause if it makes a sound, everybody's going to obviously know it was me. And then also the power of the plane had been turned off. So the air wasn't circulating anymore. So there were going to be a lot of civilian casualties, <laughs> but, but it was all I could, it was all I could do is I knew at that point it was going to be that story or no story. I can't call someone else for a better idea. It's in the moment. So yeah. I just, I just throw it out there <laughs> and, uh, and it's awful. I, I call it unacceptable. The, the name of my album where this is recorded is called unacceptable. Uh, because it was, it was, uh, it was so bad. People were turning around like they might be able to see it in the air. It was just like this reaction. And, and I wanted to turn around to see if she was making a face, but I knew there's no way I could do it without laughing. So I'm just standing there like, keep it together. The war is over. Clearly you're the winner. Let's get off this plane. And so we finally get off the plane. And I can hear people talking about like, oh my God, I don't think I've ever smelled anything. <laughs> and so I'm kind of, I've got this weird sort of pride I'm walking around with. And, and, and like, as a comedian, you say and do a lot of things that you think are hilarious and none of them count until you ask someone who isn't a comedian, like, is this funny? So I call my best friend back here in Ohio where it's four thirty in the morning. 
And he's like, hello. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I woke you. I just had to tell someone that about 10 minutes ago, I farted on Jessica Simpson. <laughs> and he was like, that's awesome. And I was like, thank <laughs> you for saying that, you know, cause I knew if he liked it at 430, he was going to love it by noon. So that's, yeah, yeah. you know, that's how I roll. You know, if you disrespect me, there's a good chance. And well, and, and nice I bring it, dude. I mean, like six months later, she's doing commercials for a proactive solution. Like, I never used to have acne. And it's like, well, maybe you should be nice to people and they wouldn't mess your face up. <laughs> well, Josh, this is great. Anything else before we get him out of here? What, what do you think is going to happen in uh, the, this three-game series, Reds Rangers? <clears throat> Listen, I think the Reds will dominate game one and then get blown out games two and three. Like, that's just been their MO for this entire season so far. It's like they come out and you're like, oh, okay, maybe this is the turning around. And then the next day you're like, no, we suck again. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting year for the Reds because uh, I f- have the utmost confidence in our starting three pitchers in the rotation. Sure. I think Hunter Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft like legitimately have the potential to be like dominating starting three for a long time. Yeah. I think that um, Jonathan India and Tyler Stevenson have proven they're not a flash in the pan from their mm-hmm. rookie season and that they are something you can build around. I'm going to hate to see Votto go, but he is the last guaranteed money on the books and he's gone after this year. The farm system is loaded. I mean, yeah, that, that loaded. trade was a good deal. Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McLean, I mean, uh, Christian Encarnacion Strawn, Marte Arroyo. I mean, they have some studs in the minor leagues right now that they got from letting the few studs we had go. Luis Castillo, yeah. Tyler Malley, those guys. So I do think the future is bright. I do hope we get to see them this year because I think that that will take away from a painful season in the win-loss column. These guys are the future, and I, I can't wait to see them. But on a uh, on a record level, it's, it's going to be bad. And it just sucks because literally two years ago, you thought they had something to build around when Castellanos was here and some of those yeah, other yeah. guys. They yeah. made the playoffs. It was a short run but you're like man we're we could really have something special here and then they just blew it up and so i hope those days come back sooner rather than later but i'll be there with my son and daughter anyway rooting them on no matter how well they're doing and just uh just be happy that we're in the park nick lodolo tcu four words <laughs> yeah he's done I have a lot of friends at the reds that i won't name names but a lot of guys think that he he could end up being the guy even before hunter green just with the with the way he pitches and as many pitches as he has that once he really gets dialed in that he he could be the guy there you go absolutely listen guys we're gonna get out of here hey uh josh we're gonna get you back on sometime this has been so much fun when you when you come to town we're gonna do something guys we'll do a uh, rangers today night and we'll get all together and get out to the to the deal and and do that but uh josh and i keep in touch so we'll keep messing with each other now that he's (laughs) now that he's down at my level on twitter Uh, that's right (laughs) that's right i gotta interact with all the non-blue check marks now gen pop we got back with the general you're, you're back yep. with Gin Pop now. That's yep. that's where you are. I tried. Jeff, are you gonna pay that? Are you gonna pay that eight bucks? Oh no, no, I'm not gonna. pay I respect it. it. Appreciate you. Are you gonna do it? No. 
No, <laughs> I mean if, if, he doesn't need a check mark. I mean, <laughs> no. I, I mean, if we could be honest here, like my career could use a, a seven or eight different uh, parody accounts of me. I, I could use that. Kind <laughs> of uh, the more the more me's out there, the better at this point. There you go. <laughs> Well, Josh, we appreciate it, buddy. Uh, last thing, anything else? No, for just you? thanks for coming on, taking all this time, and, and enjoy the enjoy the series. And we'll, well guys, I'll come on set. anytime. You'll have me talking about the Reds or just baseball or, or kicking it. You guys are awesome, and and John, I appreciate you being so kind to me, and uh, I really do hope our, our paths cross again soon. They Absolutely, will. that's Josh Need up, up in Cincinnati. Brought to you by the Frisco Rough Riders. Josh, we'll see you next time, bud. All right, boys, thank you. You appreciate got it. You. was a big thanks to josh need for coming on that last story was hysterical yeah uh, that's just a funny guy man and and you know we could i think we could have just kept going I mean, uh, yeah once he brought up fletch you know i mean i i, I stumbled over hanrahan which i'm a little embarrassed about because i because the first hanrahan in my comedy lex lexicon is Slapshot. right like i'm like i mentioned but yeah i mean that's, that's such a good scene with poon and no anyway void aviation but um yeah, it's uh, it's a good time, and, and thanks again to Frisco for uh, for sponsoring our guests. Absolutely. Speaking of Frisco, we're going to go down on the bus leagues. Let's do it. It's time to go down on the bus leagues. We're going to lay it out uh, and tell everybody where they're at right now. Down East Wood Ducks, they're 5-6 five and six overall, 5-5 five and five in the last 10. Uh, they've lost five in a row, so it hasn't been fantastic. They've had a little bit. But a couple guys to talk about there. Uh, uh, Gutierrez, who has yeah. gone, uh, he's hitting 286 with a home run, 724 OPS. Now, Aside from a guy we're going to talk about that everybody is, has the consensus is probably the best prospect and the best outfielder in the organization, Gutierrez is a guy to watch. Sure he is. You know, he's uh, 18, you know, and, and he didn't – he did not graduate from the Arizona Complex League last year. So this is a full-season affiliate for him for the first time. He's hitting close to 300. Yeah, he's 18. Did, did we mention that? He's 18. Right. Um, he, he's, he's the guy, you know. I mean uh, – uh, the, that international class and and um, really not just of that class. He's a, already a top ten guy, maybe a top five guy. You know, right. just very talented, can do a lot of things. And um, of you know, they're they're struggling to hit down there. Uh, they in, always in, do in down east, but he's he's doing good. Not not everybody's struggling. Ian Mahler's doing okay. So and is then Tucker, Tucker Mitchell, Mitchell is hitting five sixty three <laughs> entering play. Uh, interesting, interesting story. He's, you know, he was in the 2021 draft, uh, college kid from, I think Florida state college of manatee or something like that. Uh, interesting in that he's from Irving, but he went to IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah, that's the, the big, superstar yeah. place. Yeah. Um, and the coach, his high school coach was Kaysen Gabbard. Oh my God. Yeah. How about that? Uh, uh, <laughs> Case and Gabbard's most famous contribution is being the jersey that Darren O'Day debuted yeah, in. Former Ranger, but, great yeah, Case and Gabbard. Yeah, and so that, that that's pretty interesting. But uh, he, so he's a little older. You know, he he debuted last year in the Complex League, and then quickly went to um, 
down east and didn't do very good at right. 185. Um, so, he, you know, you're older, you're wiser, figuring things out. He's only played five games. He's hitting 500, 536 or 563, something like that. Yeah. Or something he's like only, only played five games, but. You know, it's better to get off to a good start than than hitting one sixty three again so. <laughs> as a twenty two year old there. And then we got to talk about Brock Porter. He's probably the biggest. Yeah, he yeah. is, in fact, uh, the biggest name there. Him, him, or him, good, him good errors. Yeah, uh, Porter first outing was not good. Second outing much much better. Yeah, um, pitched well enough to win. Um, so again, nine, he's eighteen or nineteen. You're gonna just experience that stuff. Right. And this is again, this is. These are the best hitters he's consistently faced. He did not debut last year after the Rangers selected him. So uh, there's going to be some bumps. That's that's the reality. That's the reality of it, with, not just with him, but with that whole Down East team. Yep. So Then we go to high A. That's Hickory, the Hickory Crawdads. They are 6-4. and four. <laughs> By the way, 5-6 and six is the only losing record in the minor leagues right now. Uh, Hickory didn't start off great. Or no, Frisco didn't start off great, but they're they're winning too. But uh, Hickory, 6-4. and four. They've po- finally played 10 games. So in their, <laughs> in, they are 6-4 and four in their last 10. Yeah. Uh, they've won a couple. And they, I mean, if we're going to go anyone there, you got to go Rocker. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, you know, he, he had his great debut. Um Last Tuesday, I think we talked about it on the show, then he pitched against Sunday and tossed three scoreless innings. The reason only went three is because they're trying to get him back on schedule. They had some rainouts and, and so anyway, he'll be just he'll be back on normal schedule here. Uh his next start. Um yeah, I mean, shoot. Great so far. You know, yeah. we, it's been a week. We got you gotta gotta see it uh over a stretch. I know people people are getting excited, but you know, He's gonna he's gonna hit hit a bump in the road at some point, um, you know, and and a, a bump maybe giving up four and five innings, you know. Sure. So yeah. you know he's not gonna give up eight and two or something like that. But um, I, I would I would expect that he's got he, at least what four or five more starts uh, there. Maybe I think he's gonna be in in Frisco by the beginning of June. I would think if okay. if it all goes well, right? Uh, but I mean, there's some really good pitchers at at, at Down East or at Hickory, which we talked about, Mitch Pratt. Doing fine. Yeah. You know, uh, Emiliano Teoto had a little soreness in his forearm that they shut him down and skipped his last and start. And it is not, that is not a tear. There's, there's no, no structural UCL damage, thing, so right. he's going to be back on the mound. And then uh, Winston Santos has had a couple rough ones the last couple of times, but again, early in the season. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm sure we're skipping a bunch of guys here. Oh, Josh, Josh Stephan from right up the street here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's been really, really good, and he's a well, guy. He was we, really good last year. He's a really guy, too. and he's a guy we got to get on the show too. But yep. anyway, um, local boy. Yeah, uh, bats wise, Osuna's Alejandro Asuna, who uh, I followed last year at Down East. He had a great season at Down East last yeah, year. Yeah, he's a Mexico, right? Yeah, he's a little more polished. Uh, he is from Mexico. Uh, his his uh, brother or uncle or is Roberto Asuna, the the Astros closer who got in trouble in Toronto. Um, He's got a little polish on him. He he yeah. he had played a little bit in Mexico before signing with the Rangers, so he's a little bit ahead. But he's he's doing well. Cody Freeman had a walk off hit the other night, so we like Cody, um, friend of the show, friend of the show. Yeah, so they're they're not many big offensive names there, right? Right, and and that's probably going to change as some, some of, of the, these kids, some of the guys from down east get, get moved, get moved up. up. But yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, again, but it's early, and they're they're dealing with weather and uh, right. Um, so, but yeah, now we go to double a double a, the sponsor 
of Josh Need, who we just heard. That's right. Frisco Rough Riders partnering yep. with us. Guys, we're going to be doing some stuff out in Frisco this season. Uh, we're going to have some fun out there. Maybe we do a show out there. We'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. Whatever. We're going to do it. They are 6-5. and five. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Um, and they have won one. Um, you know, you can't talk enough about Evan Carter and what Evan Carter's doing right now. Sure. I mean, look, uh, Adam Moore said it last week. I said this, and he said it again. In the entire organization, he's the second best outfielder in the entire organization. And I'm assuming, I didn't ask, but I think he's probably thinking Garcia Adolis is the number one outfielder in the entire organization. But right now, you've got to think higher, even of Jankowski and Leody and all of them. This guy's the biggest upside with what he's doing. He's look, it's early. I know that you're saying he's got to go to AAA. That's what you think, uh, but it it is the Rangers as good as Profar was when he was coming up and he was the number one prospect. I don't think a guy has this much upside and looks this mature and could be potentially something. I don't think they've had a guy like this since their system was bringing up Mark Teixeira, who mm. was coming up, who could hit, and, and, and had been to college, had been to college and yeah. done all of that. He is just impressive at the plate the other night he didn't he had one hit but he had four walks yeah as a 20 year old who's not even going to be 21 till the end of the summer yeah in no. double a this yeah. is double a he's not doing this at down east yeah but it's 43 at bats um of course. I, I get it you know um yeah let's see it's friday so yesterday they got their game got suspended so going into the game though he's been 381 three homers I think he'd walked 12 times and struck out 11. So, I mean, I, that's the ratio you're looking for. I mean, you just don't see it. Uh, plays great defense. He's fast. Like you said, good head on his shoulder. He really impressed in spring training. He impressed the veterans with his routine and the way he went about things off the field, you know, getting ready. Um, so there's a lot there. There is a lot there. Um, but, again, he's played three weeks in his career at AA. Um it hey it may it may stay great it may stay this it may stay this way next week if he's still up in the if he's three fifty or above if he's still got the ops up above a thousand I mean look this guy of course they all you say they all struggle at some point yeah. he hasn't yet this year he really hasn't in since he started as a pro uh, yeah yes and no um, injuries he's had injuries yeah, but the he's going to be in Frisco for a while I would say six weeks right. I would say he's going to play for six weeks before they really seriously say, okay, do we need to move him up? I mean, if it, if in, if at the six-week point he still has a 1,000 OPS, I think I said 950 on the show last week, at that point you're probably like, nah, all right, we might need to – we might need to do something. You still now, think he needs to go to AAA? I do think he has to go to AAA. It's, he, just, it's just different. I know. It's just different. And, and But I know, think I think he could hit – Eighth or ninth in this lineup, play center field or left field. Probably left field. I would still say Leody would probably stay in center field. But that guy playing left field, I still think he hits 220, 230, gets on base and walks the way he could. That could be a potential leadoff hitter right there. Well, I I, I, th- I think that a lot of the Evan Carter buzz may be fueled by Leody's struggles early on this year. And keep, keep in mind with Leody, Obviously, he was hurt in spring training, didn't sure. get a ton of at-bats. He was on rehab assignment, and the only reason he got called up was because Corey of the Seager, injury to Corey Seager. Seager. Yeah. So he's still not ready, and I, the Rangers know it. Right. Okay. He is playing very good defensively. No doubts about that. 
he he hasn't hit a home run, but he's shown some power when he's hit the ball. Yeah, he is coming off a three. Ball's hit game. coming off his bat hard. He is coming off a three hit game. Um, it, it's it's he just needs some more time before he can say, "Oh, this guy is not the answer this year." Or I don't think it. I think it's left field that they're looking for somebody well, to may, fill may, in. Maybe, maybe you're right. I think Leoti is the center fielder this year. Leoti, and, and, and let me preface that because it came out wrong. It has nothing to do with Leoti. I still I have t- have total faith in Leoti. Mm. I think Leoti's the center fielder because of how good he is out in there. And yes, of course, he's going to struggle right now. He has not had spring training at bats. Yeah, it's just not happening. He's doing his spring training right now, and he would he would be doing this in in Round Rock and in Frisco if not for the Corey Seager injury. Yeah, he would still be there right now. <laughs> yeah, but I could see. Think of that outfield when you have Garcia, you have Leoti, and then if you had Evan Carter in left field, who could potentially be a leadoff hitter who draws mm-hmm. walks, mm-hmm. who gets up there? That is a yep. leadoff hitter. Yes, you want him to be about twenty pounds heavier with a little more pop in his uh-huh. bat for home runs. But he's hitting home runs right now. Yeah, but he's hitting the ball hard too. He hit a he hit a single the other night. There was one hundred and nine off the bat uh, to right field. I mean, and he. It's just watching him at the plate is just freaking incredible. Yeah. Well, I again, great player, great prospect. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. But the Rangers are also winning. Exactly. <laughs> and I, there's no need to rush. Right. There's no major. No, no, injury. and I, I do not think so either. But I'm <laughs> saying when you start getting into June and they're saying, well, it's trade deadline. Do we need to go get Reynolds or whatever? You know, is Reynolds worth the prospects when you've got the guy that might could play your left field. Yeah. Reynolds is good, and I really do like Brian Reynolds. I don't think – I think they're trying to extend him anyway. Yeah. And they're winning. Not for long. They're not yeah. going to be winning for long. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? If we're going to talk about double-A, though, there's good things. Like, one of the things about Carter, Carter – I saw a deal, and I think it was uh, – it might have been Lucas that put it out, who saw most pitches in double-A was Carter, and it was like far and away more than anybody else. Second in the entire Texas League, Dustin Harris, yeah. who is another one who started off good. He's looked, he's hit the ball good. He has got such a, a – and that's another left fielder. Sure. So, well, or first baseman. But or yeah. first baseman or, or whatever. But if you're, those are the good. If you're going to talk about the good, you got to talk about the bad. When is the time that we have to really start thinking, is Jack Leiter all we thought he was? Uh, not, not three starts. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I don't know that he pitched poorly the other night. He can, he's got to get his fastball over the plate. Well, you know, when you talk to people at the Rangers, that, that's the number one thing. When it when it is over the plate, it's a really good pitch for him. And um, the slider's shown shown better. Um, but, you know, he's, he, he's pitching deeper into games. Um, some of that, you know, last year they were kid-gloving kid him. But um, I, I, don't, I don't worry about, about it yet. I mean, it's okay. It's it's still just his second professional year, and you're, you're three starts into it. Um, the stuff the stuff's there. His stuff is the fastball characteristics are better. You know, that's what everybody was. His slider is one of the best sliders in minor was, leagues. Was was, was worrying about you know the fastball characteristics weren't the same at Vanderbilt. Well, they've 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 gotten it back. Yeah. Um. You know, he he just it's just he's got to put it in the in the strike zone. And, yeah. And. He keeps missing outside, and, and and I don't know. You would think when you keep consistently missing in the same spot, you have there's an adjustment you got to make to bring that ball back over the plate somehow. Mm-hmm. And and I, his stuff is major league caliber stuff, but man, he is not finding it. And I know it's three starts into this season. He pitched the entire year as for all his struggles last year. He stayed and did all his innings last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, 
like Cohen at Triple A and doing that. White is, you know, obviously the ace of that staff right now. Uh, in my opinion, is is Owen White, um, who had another decent start. Um, you know, it, I think his fastball's not sitting where we like it. I mean, he was hitting 95, 96, 97 yeah. uh, up in there, and I think he's sitting right around 94, 95. Uh, but he's got four pitches. Well, he he. Um... You know, he was he's a he was slowed too. during spring training. Right. So he's a little bit behind everybody. So he's still trying to build his arm strength up. The start was fine the other day until he wore out. Right. And so, you know, that's just something, a hurdle you got to clear. He's got to build the arm strength. If, if he gets a little dead arm, he's got to pitch through that. Um, but, yeah, oh, white is, is fine. Lighter is going to be fine. Um, and, it's, and I don't think it's wishful thinking. There, there's a baseball acumen behind it. Sure. Um, you know, I like I like TK Roby there. And, yep. And, He's actually done okay too. And, He's and, done pretty well. Uh, there's good news on the Ricky Venasco front. He's in Arizona. Yeah, we called him the other day. He was <laughs> he's, getting on he's, the plane. He's but he's going to be back. Uh, he he could be back next week. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, then you, you you know you always have Ryan Garcia there. Uh, are, are one of our just favorite guys. Yeah, just yeah. a great guy. And and he's he's been doing fine. But this is where he needs to be as double A. He, yeah. He's at the age where he needs to be yeah. here performing. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, you know, I, I just, I wouldn't worry about lighter. Just okay. let him do his thing. And then and if if in a couple, if in six starts, after six starts, it's still the same and it's a mess, then they'll, they'll work on it. I mean, they're probably working on it right now. Sure, but yeah. uh, he's a cerebral guy. Um Okay, I think he gets ready in his own way, and and it's just okay. All right, I'm, we'll see. I'm, we'll see. I, I, I agree. I'm, but, I'm, but, I'm I, but there is one guy in this entire system who is by far and away doing better than anyone uh-huh. in the Rangers organization, and he's in AAA. And we're going to go to Round Rock AAA. They're twelve and five overall. They have played more games because they started the day after the Rangers opened. Uh, seven and three in their last ten. They've won two, and the ace of all, uh, the guy that is outperforming. Everyone right now is another big friend of the show, and that's Cody Bradford. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I mean, he is – and this is a guy sitting 91, 90, 91, 92. He, he doesn't blow you away with that fastball. But, you know, at Baylor, he was amazing. He was, you know, the ace of that staff at Baylor. Yeah. Wenzel yeah. praised him and the way he was. I think he was younger than Wenzel, and, you know, when he came in. And then he got hurt at Baylor, didn't he? Get yeah, hurt? He, had, he had to have thoracic outlets. and He right. had, he had th- thoracic outlets in Roman Head Abs. And remember last year he struggled at first. He started yeah. struggling last year yeah. at double A. Right. And then all of a sudden it just clicked. He got it together, and then he got promoted up to triple A. But he's been amazing. Uh, yeah. He might be the first guy that gets a look if they need it. Yeah, you know. And uh, he's not on the 40 man. Right. Uh, this 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 year he's he's won all four of his starts. 077 ERA uh, Thursday night at, really at Sacramento. Night. Yeah, he allowed a run in seven innings. Um, you know when when Sacramento didn't the ball fly there? I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've never been there, and okay. I, I've never I like all the cities in the U.S. I've been to. Sacramento is not one of them. Okay. Um, but the um, you know he really impressed a lot of. A lot of guys who you need to impress in spring training. One of the guys who he impressed was Greg Maddox. And, you know, if, who if is you're, that guy again? Yeah. If you're impressing Greg Maddox, that's, that ain't bad, you know? And, um, so he, he is, is onto something. You know, he was not protected from the rule five draft last year. 
uh, and nobody which took was a, a little a little surprising. Um, nobody, yeah, nobody took him, so he stayed in the system. He will be protected, if no he, doubt. If he's not brought up already, year, before right, the end of right. The year. At some point, he's going on that forty man roster, and yeah, you know, you 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 kind of what we talked about in the the theoretical scenario of a starter getting hurt. <clears throat> well, then you move you move, let's say Dunning into the rotation. Dunning's given a lot of valuable multiple inning efforts. God, he's been good. So who do you who do you call up? Do you call up? Do you call up Joe Barlow, right. who, who pitched two innings the other night, but is really a one inning guy? Right. Uh, do you call him up? Do you call up a Zach Latrell, who's not on the forty man, or Jacob Barnes, another guy with major league experience, but they're not on the forty man? Or do you go get a you know John King can pitch multiple innings, and he pitched behind Bradford and tossed two scoreless innings. Um, Thursday, or do you go get Bradford because you feel like I need a guy who's going to, we may need a four inning outing. Right. And he might be the guy. Cause you look Jacob at Jacob DeGrom might have a wrist soreness. You look at, you look at Cole Reagan's and they've kind of put Cole in some different spots. Yep. I mean, he's, he's, he's pitched in extra innings. He's, he's entered with a man on base. These are scenarios that I don't think they ever envisioned putting him in, but he's, he's responded well to all of them. So they're, they're giving him a little more, a little more leash and, and letting him do different things. So who who would you call up? And, I, you know, Cody Bradford might be the guy, you know, or maybe you like the way the bullpen is and you don't want to screw with it. And so you're like, we need a start, so let's get Cody Bradford up here for a start. Make a start, yeah. You know, it, it, it just, you know, again, with the 40-man roster limited uh, because a lot of the prospects that, that are on the – had to be protected from the Rule 5, there's not a ton of – roster flexibility honestly right so if you needed one one start you're probably gonna go a 40 man uh, guy. you know you're probably you, gonna go a co-win well you, you'd probably go with with dunning and then put barlow in but i don't know if if, if it's multiple starts you want to keep the status quo and would you at that point consider bradford right and now when on the other end of the spectrum again is having some issues yeah, up there. no 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 i you know you you look at the the line the lines. It's got a over seventy yards. I know. Right now. You look at the lines, but the didn't people, you tell me the, someone told you the his people stuff are watching playing. him and they're they're seeing good stuff. And again, that the, is it his, 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 his last outing was uh, he gave up five runs. Um, the final score of that game was seventeen to nine in Sacramento. So maybe maybe the wind was blowing out, or maybe Sacramento is a little higher elevation. I really don't know. It, it's probably arid there, so maybe the ball flies. But the, the the one thing when when you're not watching these guys, and I'm guilty of this, you look at this the line score, you're like, ah, it's not very good. But then you don't know did a play not get made behind him that should have been made? Did did uh, <clears throat> did the umpire blow a call at first? That everybody did they, in the dink, world, did they dink four hits in a row that exactly, fell where in? The, where the was it? See three C nine singles, and then he hung a pitch for a free run double. You know, it, it's uh-huh. and that's but the the last report I got from from somebody, somebody I in trust the know said that was the best he'd seen Cole win in a long time. Wow. Okay. So uh, I anyway. am guilty. I have not watched. It. I I <laughs> yeah. get on MILB and I do watch some of the games yeah. and try to watch them, but I didn't watch. Okay. All right, so on the offensive side, basically Martinez, Foskey's starting to get a little hot. Yeah, there's, hit a grand slam the other night. There's just not a lot of 
offense. I mean, uh, again, Wenzel is struggling. Um, he's hitting below 200 again. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys are, it's, you know, Sam Huff is hitting below 200. Yeah, uh, guys John, we like a lot. Yeah, John, but, Orn- John Ornelas has picked it up a little bit. I know his average doesn't look good, but it's – it's He started out really bad. It's gone, it's gone up, so he's getting comfortable. Uh, and he's batting leadoff, you know, so that's that's interesting. Yeah. But um yeah, they're not they're not too worried about the bats. Um you know, they're they'll it's probably a little too early to to jump in, though uh they did give Davis Wenzel a couple of days off uh last week uh to work on some stuff. That's that that's why you saw Blaine Krim at third base. Yeah. because uh, he, he was in there because they wanted to give Davis some time off. So uh, and I, I think that's cool that, that Blaine's playing some third. Apparently, he's looked okay over there. Um, <clears throat> we like another friend of the. We, we know Blaine, and I, you know Blaine's just going to hit for you. So um, anyway, you know, again, the overriding thing is it's early, and, yeah. and we'll see what happens here in a couple weeks. But. but we are in full season, and every every week we're going to have updates at every level, right? Because that's what we do here. Yes, sir. And we are, and and unlike the last few months, we are actually talking about games, and they yeah. are all playing real games. Yeah. So it's fun. Yep. Anything else before we shut her down? No, we're gonna. We had a great show. This we had a great show. A long one, guys. It's I know. Be if long. You, if we'll, you, we'll, uh, we'll try to split it up a little bit. Yeah, we'll get we'll get it clipped up and try to do that for fun too. But I, if you enjoy it, you can clip to it. Come back to it. It was a great time. Big thanks to Josh Need for coming on. Yep. What fun. We'll get him on again. He's Scott. You know, you, you see a comedian like that, he knows his stuff in baseball. Sure. Oh, yeah. And he knew it. I mean, that yeah. was just impressive. He, he's not just talking the talk. He, you know, he's he's telling stories that I could tell from my old Ranger fan days. Yeah. You know, and he talks about I get to meet all these celebrities, but I get to meet these old baseball players. George Foster. That's a cool one. That's a cool one. I remember him one of the first home run derbies I ever saw in an all-star game, and he won it, and he hit four. <laughs> Something like that. It was crazy. They're playing in Boston. Anyway, guys, that we again, we thank you. Big thanks to the Frisco Rough Riders for sponsoring that. We are selling sponsorships. There's another big thing that's coming with this show. We can't talk about it yet. There's still negotiations going on um, on the other side before our part, but it, it, it's happening. And it's going to happen this year, um, and and it's coming. But we've got some other sponsorships already lined up that will be coming. Yep. And we'll be talking about yep. that later. Right now, Frisco's on board, and they're sponsoring uh, our guests for now. Big thanks to Frisco Rough Riders, and go out to Frisco if you're in the Metroplex and you want to go out and see some good baseball. Uh, the guys that we've been harping on are there, yep. and you can go out and watch some great baseball, guys. Guys, that's it. We're going to be out the ballpark tonight. Uh, this you're going to see this. It's already going to be over with. Uh, But uh, until next time, see you at the yard.